0: hi and welcome to the fitness fee podcast and today i am being joined with um by the lovely caroline um and we are going to be talking all about uh diet and fitness myths that are in the industry uh things that you've probably come along things that you might have heard not sure whether they're true or not and we are going to help
1: you out so hi caroline how are you Hey Fee, uh, I'm pretty good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. Cool. Awesome. It's great to have you here.
0: Do you want to just give the listeners uh, a little bit of background about who you are um, and what you do? Yep.
1: Yeah, um, so I suppose I should start by saying that I have not always been a nutrition and fitness person at all. Um, I mean You know, obviously at school, you do like your your sports, you know, netball and stuff like that. Um, And when I was a little bit older, I went to like the occasional boxer size class, but that was it really. Um, And then I went off to uni and just any kind of fitness and good nutrition that I had when I was at home just went out of the window, basically. Um, And at uni, I studied pharmacy and I qualified as a pharmacist. And, you know, even as like a qualified healthcare professional who... Was fully aware of the impact that nutrition and lifestyle can have on your health and well-being i still wasn't doing my fitness and mm. um eating properly at all and um like during my time and um, when i first qualified i just wasn't working regular hours i was working evenings weekends shift work um, and i kind of used that as an excuse to just like let things slide a little bit really um you know I'd go to the gym and like half-heartedly go on the cross trainer or I'd drag myself out for a run um and like in the back of my mind I always had this goal of like I want to be in shape um but the actions I were taking were not going to get me in shape I wasn't strength training um I wasn't eating properly like I would literally have a bag of sweets for lunch sometimes like it was not good (laughs) um and it was just an excuse because as we both know No matter how busy your life is, if it's important to you, you will find a little bit of time to get some exercise in or to do a healthy food shop or whatever. Um, So... I was just like that for years, really. And then in 2015, I started a new job, um, which saw me for the first time ever working regular nine till half five, Monday to Friday, could work from home. Um, And I was like, this is my chance to actually kind of make a difference to my lifestyle and just get a little bit healthier. Um, So I found a local gym, which advertised itself as a strength and conditioning facility, I had no idea what strength and conditioning was I thought I was going to just turn up at a gym and there's just going to be like rows of treadmills and stuff like what you normally get at a gym
0: yeah
1: I got there there was not a single treadmill (laughs) there was not a cross trainer but there was like squat racks and barbells and weight plates and I was just like oh my god what have I let myself in for here um but you know what the coaches were so supportive and lovely to me and they taught me how to lift weights and the first time they put a barbell in my hand they were like oh you've got to lift this what the hell like I don't (laughs) um you know what just absolutely loved it just really got into it got into a regular training routine um and like literally within like a few weeks I could see my body shape changing I was like dropping body fat which is all I cared about at the moment at that time dropping body fat building muscle um and just I just felt so much better in myself and I was just like why haven't I been doing this like forever um but I still didn't have a clue about the nutrition side of things at all Um, still wasn't eating well. And um, one of the coaches said to me one day, Caroline, you need to be eating more and you need to look at what you're eating because you need to make sure you're fueling your training. You're not going to progress um, for very much longer if you're not properly fueled and like nourishing your body. So, like, you know, like they are right. Um, I need to do something about this. So, I never do things half-heartedly, and I love to learn. So, I threw myself straight into a year-long nutrition coaching um course. With wow. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just just loved it. Just found it all so fascinating. Just like how what you eat has such an impact on you know how you feel how you look how your body functions just everything just found it really fascinating um so once i'd finished that qualification i actually worked with some people um, and provided nutrition coaching and um, they all had aesthetic goals so they all wanted to just drop body fat which i helped them with they got great results um i was just like this is what i want to do um so, as I said, I don't do things half-heartedly. I thought, oh, if I'm doing nutrition coaching, I'm going to do um like the fitness side of things as well. So I did my PT qualification. Um, and I finished that just before COVID came along. So then COVID was here. I was still working as a pharmacist at the time. Healthcare went crazy, as I'm sure you can imagine. Oh, and yeah. unfortunately, my coaching just got put to one side because I was just like, I can't juggle everything. Yeah. Um, so when, um, when everything has kind of settled down a little bit at work, I was like, I'm gonna go back to uni and study nutrition. I want to get like a, a, like a formal university um, education in nutrition. So I went to university in September 2020, did um, a master's in nutritional sciences, which I finished last year, and that allowed me to then register as a nutritionist with the Association for Nutrition. Wow. So you definitely don't do things by halves. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. The thing is, I'm someone who's like, I just like to have my brain on the go all the time. Yeah, so, no, so I'm well, already looking for like the next course. Yeah. Was, wow.
0: That's really like, it's. I love hearing how other coaches come into the industry um you know because I've obviously been around in, in it for a, such a long time um, and it, it's like totally different now to what to when I first came so I, I love hearing about how other people like end up doing this like something that you find is your passion and how you end up finding that it's your passion bizarrely yeah oh, so that's yeah. amazing oh I love that um, yeah. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about uh, diet myths um, fitness related ones as well, anything to do with nutrition. Um, so some of the ones that um, I came up with, um, and then we can maybe we can go over them and you can tell me some of the ones that you've got. So some of the classic ones that you hear about pretty much all the time is I was, I'm going to say number one is probably starvation mode this gets thrown around all the time and i hate to say this and i'm not like putting all pts in the same categories but pts do like to throw this around uh especially if they haven't got the nutrition background um also is like you know like don't eat after 6 p.m or no carbs after 6 p.m um what else oh breakfast is the most important meal of the day um that you need to track your food to be able to lose weight um what else have i got um healthy food is too expensive what have you got
1: i've got that low-fat foods are always the best option Um, that you can't have treats and you need to restrict your food to lose weight Um, and linked in with that also that you shouldn't snack either um and what else did i have Oh, and also weight loss, that weight loss is easy. You know, you can just take a pill or drink a tea and yeah. um, and you'll get weight loss.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so um, do you want to start with one and then we can like, we can go. I don't know, which one do you want to start off with?
1: I'll start off with um, low-fat foods are always the best option. Okay, cool. This one's okay. a little bit of a bugbear for me. Okay. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so, obviously... If you've got a weight loss goal, you are going to think about consuming low fat foods because fat is the most um, calorie dense macronutrient. You know, you've got nine calories per gram of fat compared with four calories per gram of carbs or protein. So if you are choosing to eat uh, foods with a higher fat content, it is quite easy for those calories to start to add up. So it makes complete sense that you would choose low fat options. Um, And sometimes it makes sense to So, you know, for food, it's naturally low in fat. You enjoy eating it. Go for it. That's great. Um, But my problem comes when people... um, are either always choosing the low-fat option, so they're not actually getting enough fat. And, you know, we need fat in our diets for for your hormones, for brain function, for your central nervous system. You know, you need to have some fat in your diet. Um, And my second problem comes along when people are substituting the naturally high-in-fat options with a lower-fat version of that same food, if that makes sense. Um, And my problem with this is... That so you've got your high fat food, it gets processed during manufacturing and they suck the fat out basically. Um, it's a bit more technical than that, but you know, they remove yeah. the fat. But at the same time, often the protein content goes along with it, the fiber goes along with it, the fat soluble vitamins go along with it, and you're just left with this food that's actually not got much nutrition in it at all. Like yeah. you're, you're literally eating this food just to fill you up. You're not nourishing your body yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and then often because the fat, the fiber, the protein's gone out of it, you're just left with a food that actually is gonna just leave you hungry again in half yeah. an hour because those are the three nutrients that would help to keep you fuller for longer. So then you'll either end up eating more of the low fat version um or you'll end up snacking on something else or you know making other and less nutritious choices yeah Um, yeah
0: i think it's the way that the the diet industry um is these days isn't it i mean everything that you see like in any kind of way i mean you only have to like watch the television adverts like you know around december january time when it's like everybody's getting on you know or they're after the weight loss thing january and new year new me and all that um, yeah. all the diet foods come out and everything is either no fat or low fat um, and I think it's very easy to get into that mindset of I'm on a diet and therefore I must strip out every single little bit of fat because like you say it's the easiest way to save calories but especially for women it's not beneficial to be on super low fats it like you say it's not good for your for your hormones for your health and it can have a real, Detrimental effect on your health as well.
1: Yeah, it can. And the thing is, often when the, all the fats and the protein and the fiber and everything else has been taken out, they have to put something in to replace it. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's sugar. So you've taken the fat out, you've put a load of sugar yeah. in, and the calories gone up anyway. Um, or, you know, they're putting in like fillers and sweetness and things which aren't inherently bad for you. But there's no nutritional value to them, yeah. and you know what? Your food just ends up like not doesn't taste nice. It's not um. got a nice texture because that is part of what fat does in food. It makes it taste nice and it makes it kind of gives it like a nice mouth feel. Um, yeah. they refer to it, and yeah, I just think like obviously you need to take your food choices into consideration when you've got a fat that's got all but part of that is choosing foods that you enjoy eating yeah yeah. and I just think if a higher fat version of something is much tastier much more nutritious opt for that but just eat a little bit less of it maybe yeah yeah i
0: try to encourage my, my clients to like mix the two I think like yogurt is probably the most common that people think of where you have like the you know the full fat and same with milk really isn't it the full fat and, and the, the lower, and then the, the no fat, um, you know, and I, I eat like 0% Greek yogurt because it's higher in protein, but I tend to mix it with full fat yogurt as well, because it, like, you say, it tastes so much nicer. So you kind of like, you're still getting the fats in, but you're still like, you know, going for the lower fat option. So you have got a little bit more food volume. Um, so trying to get the best of both worlds, um i think is maybe something that people could consider like you say bringing those fats back into your diet is good and like it does make you feel so much better as well
1: it does um and i mean as long as you're kind of opting for kind of healthier fats so you know like your yeah. unsaturated fats so it tends to be plant based fats so like avocado nuts seeds um vegetable spreads and olive oil and stuff like that like like your body will thank you for it you know yeah. like Like, you need that. Um, And it's not about saying you can't ever have the low fat versions of foods, but it's just thinking about kind of what it is that you're putting into your body and what your body needs and not depriving it of it just because of calories, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's very easy to get into that diet mindset. And then when you need to get out of it, you know, and people have like their calories move to maintenance or whatever, it's so hard. And people are like, I just can't eat that amount of food. I'm like, well, you need to stop eating low fat on everything you're not on a diet anymore you don't you know you need to be eating more fat so have more because you can have more so like you know have the avocado have the full fat milk in your coffee or your tea or whatever you know have a bit of butter on your your bread if that's what or your toast it, and it
1: makes and it makes you feel better as well does yeah I can't imagine eating toast without a bit of butter on it really <laughs> No. Oh no. <laughs>
0: um okay I'm going to talk about the next one is I love talking about this one starvation mode because I just like this is one of my biggest bugbears I have sat in a gym that I uh have run and, and listened to somebody telling somebody else like um many years ago now um about how they would be in starvation mode uh and I'm just like you know buying my fingernails, sitting on my hands, trying not to the hardest not to say anything. Um, So what most people think is when they're in starvation mode is that if they drop their calories super low, like really, really low, like 1,000 calories or even less, that that when they're in starvation mode and their body somehow clings on to the fat that they have and they don't lose it, um, and this is that, you know, people believe, well, you've, you've probably heard it yourself, you're not eating enough. And that's why you're not losing weight. So you need to eat more to lose. But, but it depends on that, obviously, what when you say this, and in what context. Um, so what is actually happening to the body is that when you go super low on your calories, it's your metabolism That is slowing down to compensate for the lower food intake that it's getting. So it's basically just trying to conserve the energy that you're giving. So it's things like that you probably wouldn't even notice is that you, you don't move as much um you I mean you might be a fidgeter so you stop doing those things and they're things that you probably don't even like you're unconsciously doing but it's your body's way of saying right okay I don't want to expend this energy because I have no idea when I'm going to get enough again to do the normal things that I need to do every day um and nine times out of ten when you're on super low calories you feel lethargic um exhausted you're grumpy you're tired um, and you just like you feel hungry all the time <laughs> um, and then you end up falling into this like um, yo-yo situation where you're super low restricting your foods um, trying to stay like on this thousand calorie or less because you feel that that's the only way that you can lose weight and then you'll do it for a certain point and then you'll just end up eating all the food that you can consume because you're that hungry um so is it I did want to, I was going to quote about the Minnesota experience which they did in World War II I'm sure you've probably uh heard of this one as well uh, yeah yeah you probably were going to quote it as well so it's where they they took was it I think it was was it 36 men it was quite a small number I That's, think yeah. yeah of um and they semi starved them for six months was it um on was it less than 1500 calories is it um so and what happened was that once they stopped losing weight once they got to about five percent body fat even though they were on the same uh calories but basically if they'd carried on losing weight they would have died basically um but the body was just conserving energy so they didn't they didn't starve because they were still alive. they were still alive after the six months, except that they, you know, their to metabolism just slowed right down. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say was that nobody ever gained fat from eating too little, which no. a lot of
1: people tend to forget about. I mean, I know this is something that. Everyone goes on about in the fitness industry, it's like, oh, it's energy balance, you know. But I mean, that is what it is. The fact of the matter is, if you are eating fewer calories than you are burning, you are going to be losing fat. It's just that's how things work. So if you're not losing fat or if you're gaining fat, you are at least eating your maintenance calories or you're in a surplus. And that is it. Because, you know, eventually, if you were in such a calorie deficit that you were losing so much fat, your body will then start eating into your muscle and ultimately like people do die of starvation you know so um yes your body compensates to make up for you not consuming enough energy that it needs to keep going but ultimately like it will run out of energy reserves and like you know you will you would die so well, you would um, but you'd yeah, have to like
0: be like literally stop eating and most of the people yeah. who are like saying that they're in starvation mode they're not anywhere near that at all.
1: no for your average person who's on a diet who's struggling to lose weight then they're, they're not in starvation mode no no no, no. <laughs> it's a classic
0: (laughs) a classic one i do love it starvation mode my body holds on to fat it doesn't (laughs) want to get rid of it It, if it doesn't work like that no like you say it is like on very basic simple terms it's energy in and energy out isn't it a basic level i mean we know that there are other factors that can be applied um but
1: yeah, very, very basic terms It is that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, if you do find yourself thinking you're in starvation mode because you think your calories are so low that you can't lose weight, you really need to be looking at how much you're moving, you know, your activity levels, what you are actually eating. Um, and you just, it's, you need to be honest with yourself really I think about what you are eating if you are eating a thousand calories every single weekday but then at the weekend that triples or quadruples that's where your problem is and it's just it is about being really honest looking at what you're eating um you know like when you're eating that food how much you're moving day day to day you know your step count all that kind of thing they're the things that you need to be taking into consideration and just pinpointing why it is that you're not losing the fat rather than trying to blame it on starvation mode which most definitely isn't what you're experiencing yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's i mean like you say it's when, when they go so low
1: you probably don't want to move around
0: as much so you're not going to be hitting your steps because you're too tired and you're absolutely exhausted because like you're not fueling your body enough to do do the things that you need to do so you're going to be sitting down much more even without even realizing it so just by you know staying in a deficit that is realistic rather than a massive deficit um makes you a much nicer happier person as well probably
1: it does definitely and the thing is if you have successfully lost some weight and you're still eating the same amount of calories that could potentially be the problem because in a smaller body needs less calories um to maintain its weight um, so that's another thing to consider as well if you have had some successful weight loss and now it's stalled for several weeks and you think you are being consistent with your calorie intake and your activity levels you need to have a cons- you need to consider if it is that you just actually do need less calories now yeah
0: yeah
1: i mean there are people
0: who obviously do go down to really low calories and it does work but like you say then your metabolism slows down as well and it just makes it so much harder to have any kind of like wriggle room at all um i mean you see like the, the uh, people that go into competing and stuff i mean they are some of them are on seriously low calories but it's not something that they do that's sustainable because it isn't that I mean they, they don't keep it up for long and most of them come out with massive issues and with food and their relationship with food is absolutely you know shot to pieces um, because they've been on such low calories I mean I, I've like I've known a few bodybuilders and they say it's not it's not a nice thing to experience being you know to get that lean and it's definitely no way is it sustainable
1: no I mean it's it's an extreme really isn't it that they're trying to reach for literally like what half an hour or something on the stage you know it's not something that they're trying to maintain for life it is like they've got this goal this very specific goal for this very specific moment um and that is that is why they do it but for your average person who's trying to lose weight they're not trying to get to that point no um yeah yeah it's um it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one um, especially if you believe that you are doing all the right things and you're not getting the outcomes that you think you should but it's just a matter of having a look at
0: yeah sometimes it's just having somebody to support you there though isn't it okay. and just make you more accountable and be honest for your actions really because it's a uh, we're I think we're all guilty of like lying to ourselves sometimes
1: about how uh, how
0: honest we're being
1: we are yeah a little bit of accountability sometimes goes a long way doesn't that it it does
0: it does yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. I think you mentioned about
1: snacking. I did. Yeah. Um. So i I think I'm going to tie this in also with the no treats and kind of feeling like you have to restrict your food because I feel like they all kind of go together. Um. So I mean, my philosophy is that there's always room for treats. Um. Life would be very very boring if you were just trying to um, just eat like the most nutritious foods that you could all of the time. Um. So, yeah, like, the way I try to approach nutrition is the 80-20 rule, which you might be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, 80% of the time you focus on just nailing those good nutrition basics. Get your fruit and veggie get your protein in. Make sure you're getting enough fibre, whole grains, pulses, your healthy fats, your portions of fish, all of that kind of stuff. 20% of the time, eat whatever you want. yeah. <laughs> Within yeah, know. User, yeah. You know, just allocate... 20% of your calories across the week to foods that you just really really enjoy um even if perhaps they aren't the most nutritious option or what you might consider to be the healthiest option um and I think also treats get a bad rap because people think of treats as being like chocolate or cake or whatever but you can actually choose really tasty but nutritious treats that you actually really enjoy eating so I mean one of my most favorite things to eat is um it's a bowl of strawberries and white chocolate it's like a quark yogurt thing all right okay yeah that's like my most favorite thing in the world And it's high protein it's a portion of fruit and like it's like people would perhaps think of that as just being like something that's really just like healthy and oh it's a bit yeah. boring and why if if that's your treat why can't you like have some cake or something I'm just like no that is what I actually enjoy and I know that everyone's different and for some people a treat would be a bar of chocolate or a cake or something but it's just making room for it and if you have got um, a calorie target that you're trying to stick to just plan that treat in it's not about not ever having treats or like cutting certain foods out because you think they're bad for you or whatever. It's just about making room for them and within, within your calories and within your day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. I I mean, I say the same things to my clients is the 80, 20 rule, you know, 80% nutritious and a little bit of what you fancy. And I definitely believe like, you know, planning that in every day, pretty much, and then you don't have to have it if you don't want it, because there might be some days where you're like, well, I had a bit of chocolate yesterday and I don't really fancy or, or want it tonight and I want to eat something else. Um, but yeah, like you say, it takes away that, um, that restriction, doesn't it? You're allowing yourself the freedom to eat pretty much anything that you want to eat, but you just might need to have it in moderation in line with your goals if, if your goals at the time are um, fat loss.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the main reasons that people's diets fail is because they try to restrict themselves too much and they tell themselves they can't have chocolate, they can't have cake, they can't have whatever it is that's like their favorite food that they think's unhealthy and is going to derail them. And yeah, like if you want long-term successful management of your weight, you you need to learn how to manage your diet so you can have all the things that you like to eat. But you can still um but you're still hitting all of like your main nutrition key nutrition points that you need to make sure you're hitting most of the time. Yeah. I also think with the
0: snacking um thing as well, which I I found I've come across with some of my clients, is that they they tend to snack too much and not have enough in their meals so that they're always kind of like hungry. And I know some people work better on uh eating more frequently across a a time period across the day so they had tend to have smaller meals more often but I also think that like people tend to feel that they snack which then can end up in picking which can end up in overeating because they're not filling up enough say at lunchtime which I think lunchtime is a really big thing because a lot of people try to think well I'm going to save my calories at lunchtime have a really low lunch which is only like maybe 300 maximum 400 calories and then I'm going to save that for my dinner but then it's you know it can be quite a lot if you have your lunch at like 12 o'clock you don't have your dinner till six or maybe even later depending on what time you finish work whether you've got kids or you know after school clubs or whatever that could be a massive gap and you're probably going to be ravenously hungry before then and then start picking on things and then picking on the kids tea and then you know and you've then you've gone way over your calories before you've even reached your dinner um and I think that's purely because you don't fill up on your meals whereas if you had a more substantial lunch time you might be inclined to snack less leading up to your dinner time
1: yeah definitely so yeah making sure that your your meals your main meals are balanced so you know you've got your protein carbs healthy fat plenty of veg um in your meals and then um you know if you still feel like you want a snack that's fine but just um again plan it in so like you would your treats if you're trying to meet a certain calorie target it's important to make sure that you've accounted for it um and it's also about what food you choose as your snack yeah. so quite often snacks will be oh I'm going to grab a few biscuits out of the biscuit tin or you know someone's brought some cakes into the office so oh I'm going to have like a, a mid-afternoon cupcake or something um whereas actually if you make smart snack choices they can actually just you know they'll help to keep your blood sugar stable you're not going to get that crash mid-afternoon that a lot of yeah. people get after their lunch um so you know just kind of like a high protein perhaps slightly higher fat snack so perhaps um you know like greek yogurt with some with a handful of nuts or you know like a portion of fruits and peanut butter something like that um you know it's nutritious it'll help stabilize your blood sugar and and as long as you can account for it within your calories there's no problem at all like yeah it doesn't matter does it no no yeah 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 that's good tips those good tips (laughs) um
0: another one that i want to talk about which you often hear that comes up is that breakfast is the best meal of the day. Do you know where that comes from? Have
1: you, have you? Did you? Oh, you bet you. I bet you know, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. Go on. What are you going to say? Okay.
0: It comes from the men that invented Kellogg's. So, in the nineteen forties, when they came up with the breakfast, breakfast cereals, um, they their marketing advertising campaign was based around the fact that breakfast was the most nutritious meal of the day because it was the first time that they'd created food that had fortified vitamins in it. So okay. obviously you like, you think of like callous, callous, cornflakes it would have been was yeah. the first one. So it had vitamins and minerals. And obviously it was after like, it was like around the time of the war. Um, so this was like, you know, it was like a really big, important thing. Cause obviously people weren't getting the, the right food sources at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, their, their whole campaign, was that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And it's amazingly, it's stuck since the 1940s. And like, you know, there are so many people that still actually cite this, is that it is the most important meal time of the day. Um, so I did do a little bit of research and there has been quite a lot of research on this and there isn't any, um, because some people say, some of the research says, well, yeah, you tend to eat less if you, you um, have breakfast like a good breakfast Mm -hmm. or there are some studies that say you can gain more weight by eating breakfast so there's it's very much like mixed so there isn't anything concrete to say that yes it is the best meal of the day I think what it comes down to is like personal preference um as long as you know as well as what type of foods that you eat as well and um I'm not a breakfast person I don't really eat breakfast I prefer eating later in the day and um, so it's quite interesting how some people also are like well there's no way I could you know I couldn't make it to nine o'clock without having something to eat so I do think it is very personable to each person
1: yeah I'd agree I think it's the same with anything nutrition wise, really, there's not a one size fits all, you know, like different people have different preferences um, and respond to, you know, meal, well, different foods and meal timings and everything like that um, in different ways. Um, so now you've said about the Kellogg's thing. I do remember reading that once, and it's just very clever marketing, isn't it? It is, isn't <laughs> it.
0: It's really clever because it's yeah. like it's
1: been around for what 1940s, wasn't it? Like eighty odd years. That's that's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but I think um, I think with regards to like whether you eat breakfast or not. Firstly, it depends why you're not eating your breakfast. If it's just that you don't want to eat. Fine, fair enough. Um, if it's that, you know, you get out of bed too late and you don't have time, and then like you find yourself snacking at 10 o'clock um, because you are hungry, but you've just not had time to eat your breakfast, then that's I think is something that needs looking at because you're yeah. just not doing yourself any favours later on in the day. You're just going to end up driving yourself to make unhealthier choices and you're potentially going to end up overeating as well. Um so yeah I think I completely agree it is personal preference and some people like breakfast some people don't I personally if I've not eaten by half past eight I get hungry. yeah I need my (laughs) breakfast and I still have to have a little snack at about 10 half 10 ish to see me through to lunchtime as well but yeah that's fine that's what works for me and it's yeah it's just about what works for each individual person isn't it and I think if you do find yourself snacking mid-morning again it comes back to that like making healthier snack choices so you know if you don't want to breakfast but you do find that you, about 10 half 10 ish you're hungry it's all, almost kind of thinking of it as just like delaying your breakfast a little bit yeah. and kind of making it into like a little well-balanced healthy nutritious meal rather than just you know grabbing i don't know a bag of crisps or yeah a handful of biscuits as you walk past yeah
0: it. like well like a brunch isn't it really you could yeah. just have it just delay it really that's all you're doing aren't you and then you could yeah. then you'll be if you had like say in, instead of having breakfast at like seven eight o'clock you could just have it at 10 o'clock ish when you're hungry and then probably I mean that's what I tend to do is but it's all I'm doing is I just I push my eating window to later because I know what I'm like I prefer eating more later in the day because if I start especially when I'm I'm dieting if I start eating my calories early in the morning like there's no stopping me once I start (laughs) It's like, and then I get to like, I've got no calories left at six o'clock and I'm absolutely yeah. starving. Um, so that's the reason why I do it. And it works for me. And I'm quite happy. I can quite happily get up in the morning and just survive on coffee. No problem.
1: Yeah. I wonder if also, you know, because you're eating later in your day, when you wake up the next morning, potentially that's why you don't really feel yeah. and don't want your breakfast because you've eaten later on the day before
0: yeah 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 probably yeah. yeah probably right yeah you just shift all you're doing is like you're just moving your your window of, of yeah. eating around aren't you and some people it works for and, and some people need longer windows I suppose of eating some people need shorter so like like you say it's very personable isn't it
1: it is definitely yeah
0: um okay did you have an, uh, another one that you wanted to oh that what about the um
1: weight loss is easy yeah so i mean um everybody's life would be a little bit easier if they had a weight loss goal and they could just pop a pill or drink a tea or a meal replacement shake and you know the the fat would just drop off them just like that um but unfortunately you know if you are being promised quick weight loss over a few days or even overnight like it is only going to be short term and the thing is like it's not even going to be body fat which is when you think of weight loss what you're actually talking about is you want to drop body fat and um you know these pills and teas and whatever else firstly you will just be eating less food so you've physically got less food inside you so when you stand on the scales you are going to weigh less because you've not got that food weight that's Mm. also showing on the scales and secondly, a lot of it is water loss as well. So a lot of um, a lot of the teas and the pills and stuff have things like diuretics in, some of them have laxatives in also. Um, so firstly, you're not getting very nice side effects because you're gonna be on the loo pretty much all the time. But secondly, you're just gonna end up dehydrated. Um, you know, you're gonna have lost quite a lot of water. So again, when you stand on the scales, you are lighter but it's not body fat that you've lost and the thing is you're probably not going to be able to keep it up for long enough to actually put yourself into so much of a deficit that you see the fat loss because after a few days you're going to be feeling terrible and you're going to start eating normally again and the weight will go back on because you've started eating normally again and this is why people find themselves in this yo-yo cycle as well because something something appears to be working because it's showing on the scales that they've lost five pounds or something in two days um but then they they just end up eating normally they put that weight back on and it's not necessarily fat that they're putting back on it's the water weight and then after a few days they feel a bit rubbish again like oh you know i've put all my weight back on so then they're looking for the next thing and unfortunately like yeah there is just not an easy way
0: Um, no no i mean i definitely agree with that and obviously the amount of money that people spend on it as well because most of the time these things are not cheap uh, and people get sucked into them i mean uh, uh, there's a lady that i follow on instagram and she's um she was a client of mine and some of the stories that she puts on um are, are like reposts of people who have taken some of these horrific like pills and teas and things and some of the stories of what it's done to their bodies is just like it's horrific absolutely horrific they're like you, you know like Not making it to the toilet and and things like that just because it's like gone straight through their system it's just awful and you think people actually pay for this and I suppose it's the it's the idea of like that it's the easiest way to do it without them putting any effort in basically isn't it it's like what is the easiest way that I can do with the minimal amount of effort because I don't want to you know increase my act- i don't want to change anything else in my life i still want to carry on doing exactly the same things but mm-hmm. by taking this pill it's going to help me reach my goals which is to lose fat
1: yeah um and i mean this is something that i <laughs> i am really passionate about and like this is um the, you know the the group of people that try to like lean towards these quick fixes are the people that i like to work with because I just know that there's a better way. Do you know what I mean? Like we deserve so much better than just putting your body through all of that just to try and see the scale go down, which means nothing at the end of the day, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, it's just it is really sad um, that people feel the need to put themselves through this. But again, I understand why they do it because as you say, it's quick. They don't have to make any effort at all but really to me that's a bit of a red flag if you see something promising you quick weight loss without you having to make any change at all to your way of living your activity levels even like sleep and stress and stuff like that like it's not going to last unfortunately like it is hard work to lose yeah weight.
0: yeah yeah no it is it, you know and anything i would say anything good in life that you want doesn't matter whether it's, you know, weight loss or, or whether it's something related to your personal life or, or whatever, you know, saving for a holiday, getting a new qualification. I mean, it like it, it takes hard work and effort to get these things. So why would you think that losing fat doesn't you can't you have to apply the same sort of principle? Yeah, you can make it easier, but at some point it is gonna be hard for you because you're gonna to have to make changes from what you're currently doing now. Because if, if nothing changes, then nothing changes. Basically.
1: <laughs> That's so exactly, isn't it? Yeah, like, I don't know. I just think it's just, yeah. I was just gonna go back to just, it is really sad that people um that just feel the need to do this. And like, you know, there's some pills um. Not from Holland and Barrett or anywhere like that, but like, you know, that people do buy on the internet that can actually end up hospitalising you, can actually kill you. Like there's one that has, um it's like a fertiliser. They, they use this product as a fertiliser, like in farming and stuff. Um, but one of the effects it has is it, it does something to your mitochondria and it basically like heats you up from the inside and it works. You drop body fat, but you end up like very ill, if not kind of dead from it like it's it's terrible it's called dnp um yeah really really terrible yeah it it is like i think it's the the sad
0: thing is that there are people out there who sell these products and they pry on the people that are at the most vulnerable and are at their lowest and they don't see any option of how to get to where their goal is and this is they think that this is the only way that they can do it Um, without putting much effort in or they've tried things before that haven't worked for them in the past so that they think this is the only option that I've got it is to go down this route uh, and it is really sad really sad um, and yeah. I think nine times out of 10 the, the thing that they need the most is the support um, the accountability and the mindset side of it because that's generally the biggest factor to them being able to reach their goals is having I think, belief in themselves as well at times.
1: Yeah, yeah, just having someone there to make them feel like they can actually do it, I think is a huge thing, really. But also, I think there's just this idea that because fat loss isn't easy, it's not and like it's not going to be an enjoyable process and actually you can make it really enjoyable find a form of exercise that you love doing you know get out for a walk in the park and like listen to some music or just like taking like new scenery and stuff like that Do you know what i mean like you can make the process of fat loss really enjoyable um if if you just go about it in the right way and it kind of goes back to like what we were saying about eating and not allowing yourself treats and things like that like people have got this idea that they can't have the foods that they like and that fat loss is going to be miserable but actually you know there's always room for a little piece of cake or chocolate or you know a bag of crisps or whatever it is that you like and you just need to kind of embrace the process I think and just find ways of making it work for you that you enjoy that still fit in with your lifestyle you can still enjoy social life and holidays and it's kind of like thinking about it as a process that you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know, yeah. not necessarily fat loss, yeah. but it's kind of like just finding a way of living that gets your body to a point where you're really happy with it and that where you can just maintain that like in the long term and still do all the things that you love to do.
0: Yeah. I think removing the time frame is a good one as well, you know, is a good tip. I think if you take away the fact that it's going to take as long as it's going to take and that's okay. Uh, and like say enjoy the process find a process that works for you and your life and your lifestyle and something that you're going to enjoy doing because then nine times out of ten you're going to carry on doing that because you're enjoying it why would you do something like repeatedly and not enjoy it because you're not going to it's a simple fact you might say that you are but there will come a point very soon when you give up and go back to what you were doing because you're not enjoying it and it's like you're just putting yourself through hell for for what to not even get the results that you want anyway um so yeah yeah, it is um it is hard I can see how people get sucked into to the the easy weight loss um things and yeah I can't watch those programs on tv or (laughs) the adverts in January just wind me up (laughs) I just turn the telly off instead of shouting at the tv (laughs) um yeah yeah uh, okay. So uh, the last one I thought we could just talk about briefly was um, about how a lot of people think that you need to track your food to be able to lose weight, which is, which is a good one. Cause I think nowadays with um, everybody talks about like macros and obviously your proteins, your fats and your carbs, and what are you tracking your food? Does, do you need to do this to get to you, to your goals um now I don't know about you but I have clients that do both I have clients that track and I have clients that don't track um and I always I work on the basis that it's a really really good tool to use it's a great tool to know how to use and to be able to fall back on any time but ultimately you don't want to track for the rest of your life and you don't need to I mean, there are people that, you know, can successfully lose weight without tracking their food by using other methods. Um, but I like tracking. I do it myself. I like my clients to do it, even if they just do it for a short period of time, just so that they become aware of nutritional value in food, because most time people aren't aware of what they're actually eating and they don't understand, like, why they need to eat more protein, what effect that has on their fat loss, how much protein are they eating, um, and how much food they're eating. Because what they think might be a bowl of 40 grams of cereal in the morning with a splash of milk could actually be three times as much as that. And then they're like, well, I wasn't just having, you know, 200 calorie bowl of cornflakes in the morning. I was actually having nearly... 600 calories and you know just from that point of view I think it is good but it's not a necessity
1: yeah I'd completely agree so um, I think it depends on what the person's goal is I mean if you have a weight loss goal you do need to be aware of what you're eating especially if you're very new to actually kind of keeping an eye on on your food and food choices and what you are eating Um, but I think also like It depends on the person's personality and perhaps like their dieting history and previous experiences with food as well, because I know myself um, that you can become quite obsessed with what you're logging in MyFitnessPal. And I mean, I've been at a point before I'm like, oh, should I log these? 80 grams of frozen raspberries I put on my oats in the morning and it's like the 40 calories and I'm like what well, is it's 40 calories like I mean that it all adds up you know that kind of thing and you can become really obsessed and start worrying about like what you've got to track have you got to track everything and then worrying that you've perhaps forgotten to track something and you can become quite obsessed with like what's in your food and um and yeah and what you're eating and like your nutrition choices as well it might make you think twice before you have that little chocolate bar treat that yes you've allocated it to yourself but then when you put it in my fitness pal and see that it's like 200 calories you're like oh I don't know about that I <laughs> don't know if yeah, I should be yeah. that um but again that is where there's value in it as well because you're like oh this chocolate bar's got 200 calories and it makes you much more aware of what is in your food which is obviously what you were saying um but yeah I would agree that you don't want to be tracking for the rest of your life unless you want to Um, but just having the experience of tracking your food so you know what is in your food and you can you know you'll get to a point where you can eyeball a meal and have a rough guess of how many calories a minute which is really useful if you still want to have a social life whilst managing your weight you know you want to be able to go out to a restaurant and still be able to enjoy your food but be able to account for the calories if that is what you're trying to do um so yeah I think it's dependent on a number of factors but if you can track your food for a little while without it kind of damaging your relationship with food or anything then I think it is valuable but again I also think um by focusing on just like healthy behaviors and healthy eating that is a really good way of um kind of managing your weight without having to track if that isn't something that you want to be doing so if you know that you are most of the time making healthy nutrition choices you're getting plenty of you know your fiber from your fruit and your veg and your pulses and your grains and all of that kind of thing um you know you're going to be feeling full you chances of you're overeating like apples or,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> or I, I don't it's, know yeah, it's things. having
0: faith in yourself as well isn't it um yeah. Yeah, I think as well people seem to forget like the true because you know a lot of people say okay my fitness pal or other trackers they're only they're only an estimation at, at the best okay all right it is the most accurate way that you can track food and like you know know what's in food but it wasn't that long ago i know when i first started in the fitness industry nobody really heard of my fitness pal no. people never used it people used still used to lose weight without tracking their food
1: you know that's
0: that's probably where like the likes of slimmer's world and weight watchers first originated from Um, so your body is going to be the truest indicator of whether you're eating too much or whether you're in a maintenance phase or whether you're you know in a deficit because if you're round about the same weight and you, you know that you're give or take not really gaining or losing then you're probably eating about the same amount as you're burning which is which is great but if you want to lose weight then you know you're going to have to change something so you don't necessarily have to track I mean I you know push clients towards portion control if they want if they don't want to do the tracking thing which is a great thing because you can use your hand as a guide and your hand is relative to the size of your body so therefore it's the easiest you know easiest thing to do Um, and you can base what you eat on your plate on that um and i think that's a great way to go if you don't or or to simply write down what you eat keep a simple food diary i mean that's another way and look at what changes you can make okay so you might reduce the sizes of your carb portions and have more vegetables instead you know maybe use uh, a little bit less oil and butter You don't have to cut it out, but maybe just use a bit less, you know, cut it in half and, you know, or things like if you drink full fat soft drinks, maybe cut those out or cut them down by half. And that immediately has reduced your calorie intake straight away without you really making massive changes and without you tracking your food.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is just about having awareness of what you're eating, because I think we do. Like, I think everyone does it at times, just eat mindlessly. Yeah. So, you might be eating your breakfast while scrolling on your phone, or you know, you just like you grab something off the side when you're walking past without even acknowledging it. And just, yeah, as you said, just simply writing down what it is you're eating, even if you're not weighing it, even if you're not writing down what calories are in it or anything like that, but just having an awareness of, of your food choices throughout the day and the quantity of food that you're eating is is really beneficial i think and in, in helping you to make better choices when it comes to your your diet and nutrition definitely yeah
0: yeah yeah it's definitely something to think about like you say you don't want to well unless you really want to track for the rest of your life but no, you know it, it does i mean i i quite like it but i have actually last year was the first time that i actually moved away from tracking because i, I wasn't on a i wasn't dieting And I just wanted to maintain. And it was quite interesting, actually, because once you actually kind of let go of it and have faith in yourself that you're not going to overeat, and you do tend to eat the same things anyway. I know some people are like, well, I don't want to eat the same things all the time. But if you didn't really think about it, you probably do actually eat the same sort of things, more or less, give or take on the same week, because that's like you eat the things that you like eating. Most people don't have a massive variety in their diets like you know they're eating something different every single day of the week every yeah. single day of the month most people kind of eat the same thing so it's I think it's just having faith in your own ability to know that you know like you say you're not doing the mindless eating you're sitting down having your food uh, you know you're not eating with devices you're taking time when you're eating your food as well because I think that the, I think that the society that we live in we're so fast paced at everything that we don't think about you know you're not sitting down at the table to have dinner you're sitting in front of the tv and you know you just like eat your food as fast as you can because you've got to like get out the door or whatever and it's so easy to overeat then because you're not thinking about what you're doing
1: yeah I mean you are literally just going through the process of putting food into your stomach without actually having that like, the whole experience of eating um which might sound a bit strange, but do you know what I mean? You're not necessarily actually tasting your food and enjoying it and registering that you're eating. You are, you're just going through a process of putting food in your mouth and getting it into your stomach and that's it. Um, and yeah, I think this, there is a lot to be said, even if you just take 10 minutes, put your phone aside, sit at a table and just actually take the time to enjoy your food. Um, I think that's something that's massively underrated actually. And it's just something that a lot of people don't do anymore. Yeah,
0: no, I, th- I definitely think that. I think with the time that we, times that we live in, I mean, I don't know how I many, I mean, I do, uh, uh, my family does, and I make sure my kids do, that they they sit at the table and they eat all their meals there. I mean, it's like, for them, it's like a real treat to have something to eat in front of the telly because I just <laughs> don't let them. Oh, that's there. really good, though. That's a
1: good thing to <laughs> get. So I'm like, you they're like, like the
0: well, can thing. we have it in front of the TV? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, no, don't make a mess. But, you know, and I, I prefer them sitting at the table where they've got like a proper knife and fork you know and there aren't any distractions and stuff and then they you know and it's time for a conversation as well isn't it which also slows down the kind of like eating process if you're having a conversation with somebody you're not just like wolfing down your your food like you say not even thinking about what you're eating
1: yeah and I think actually you know if you're making an effort to make a meal that you would sit down to eat you're probably making like better food choices then as well you know rather than like i don't know at lunchtime just grabbing a sandwich and like you can walk around eating it while you're doing like 10 other things if you've actually gone to the trouble of perhaps like making yourself a a chicken salad or something um it's more that's more the kind of food that you are going to sit down and properly eat rather than just like grabbing it on the go Um, so yeah i think there's kind of that aspect to it as well Cool.
0: All right. Was there any other that you wanted to just touch on? Because I think we've uh, we've talked for quite a while. In fact, I've probably got quite a few more. Actually, I think we could talk about this for, for quite a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had. Um, I think I had just one other. Um, just to touch on, but if you feel your podcasting up too long, go on then. No,
0: no, let's go for it.
1: Oh, it was just the um, the healthy food is more expensive. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I think I had something written. Yeah, go on then.
1: Yeah. Um. So I mean. It is a common misconception that healthy eating is expensive, and but I think it depends what you're thinking of as a healthy food choice. So if you're trying to buy always buy organic or grass grass fed can't say that grass fed or yeah. um, you know like a superfood or yeah. whatever that stuff is more expensive, but you're not necessarily getting any more nutritional benefit from it. And there are other foods you can choose. make sure you've got a healthy diet that aren't organic or grass-fed or whatever um so i mean some tips i would have to make healthy eating um as as cheap as possible really is um you know like buying your frozen fruit and veg it lasts longer great value for money and often it comes pre-prepared for you as well which is always a bonus yeah
0: um
1: and the same for kind of canned fruit and veg as well as long yeah. as it's in water or in its natural juices you know that stuff's got a really long shelf life and it's really great to have to hand to just like throw yeah. into to anything that you're making um and I think another thing is just like bulking up your meals with cheap healthy foods so you know things like um like your lentils chickpeas beans all that kind of thing just put them into like your pasta sauce or your chili ball, anything like that and it's a great way of like just getting that nutritional boost into your meals without it actually costing you all that much do you have any thoughts?
0: yeah well yeah it was the same sort of thing you know people obviously think that when like you say soup like health foods are like you know that these like elaborate smoothies and and, you know these poke poke balls do they call them i probably like oh poke balls that was it yeah see i can't even say it properly (laughs) like i'm so not up with the trend um yeah you know that's what people do think they think that they have to eat organic food and like free range everything free range meat and you know i totally get that and i think if you can afford that level, then it's obviously, it's good for the environment. It's good for the animals and stuff. You know, I totally get that. But for most people, um, it becomes a barrier and it becomes maybe even an excuse as to why they can't. And um, one thing I did, because I did do a bit of research on this. And one thing that I found out is like, there is a big thing about why junk food, let's call it, I don't know, junk food is the right word. Unhealthy food choices tend to be so much cheaper than healthier options like the fruit and vegetables um fish you know lean meats and stuff tend to be more expensive Mm -hmm. and it's because that the ingredients that they use are mass produced so therefore they can keep the costs right down and nine times out of ten the foods that they are using are very low in nutrients um so when you think of things like you know like Burgers from very big chains. I mean, the the like, you know, the meat that they use is mass produced and it won't be as lean as buying, you know, some mints off your butcher, which is probably going to be like five times the price to make your own burgers that way. So I totally get that. But it's it, I do feel it's a massive problem for people on lower incomes because it's an easier, easier and quicker option. And it's because they They don't know how to do the other things. They don't know how to make a meal that is cheaper and healthier as well. Um, And I think that's a massive problem in society in general, actually. And the way that, you know, the children are are coming into the world these days and being brought up on fast food.
1: Yeah. So one of the um, projects that I did at university was looking at um, kind of barriers to people, making healthier food choices. And it is actually, um, it's cheaper for you to perhaps go to McDonald's and buy a Happy Meal or whatever, um, than it is to buy the food in and um, kind of, you know, have access to the equipment to prepare the food and then um, kind of your energy bills for cooking the food. It's just cheaper to go to McDonald's and get some fast food than it is for you to go through that whole process in your house and make something from scratch and that's the problem like that is a huge problem if people haven't got the equipment or can't afford to actually like use their hob. or some people have like have freezers but can't afford to have them turned on for example and you know if people haven't got the means of storing healthy food um of preparing and cooking healthy food then they are just going to go somewhere where the food's ready made for them it's ready cooked for them and they can just eat it there and then. Yeah, um, it, it yeah, is a
0: big is problem, and I think, and it's you know, yeah, and even more so these days with like energy bills going up. It's um, yeah, yeah. it's not good. But yeah, I would say I, I mean, same sort of things as you, as like you know, keep your foods very basic. You know, y- your basic vegetables. You know, you the carrots, the potatoes, lentils. Um, I one of my favourite um hacks is. Um, I always try and get my fresh fruit if I can from the greengrocers because generally it's in season. Yeah. Because when you buy them from supermarkets, the more expensive vegetables are probably not in season and they've probably come from somewhere over the other side of the world, which means they're more yeah. expensive. Whereas if you go to your local greengrocer, although they might not last very long, but things that I try to do is like raspberries and blueberries, which I love, I get them from the greengrocers, they're generally cheaper. And then I took them straight in the freezer. Yeah. So I'm not wasting them because they're not like, because they don't last that long, you know, in, in the fridge or, or they only last a couple of days. So I eat some fresh, but what I don't eat, I just chuck straight in the freezer. And then, you know, you've saved yourself some money there straight away.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you can reduce food waste wherever you can, um obviously that's going to save you money. So if you have bought healthy things, I mean, healthier like more nutritious foods tend to be your fresh stuff which obviously yeah. goes off quicker um, than your processed stuff that's got all preservatives and stuff in it um so yeah just um yeah just making the most of what you've got perhaps throw um like leftover vegetables and stuff into just like a base sauce and then you yeah. can freeze the sauce, and then you can defrost that when you need it to put with a pasta or something like that um but also like you get these wonky veg boxes and things from supermarkets which are also a really great way of just getting um getting some really um affordable vegetables into your diet um yeah there are there are ways around it if you know if you you just need to be a bit smart about it and just things like planning your meals writing a very specific shopping list and only buying what you need as well yeah that keeps your shopping costs down um and just makes things a little bit more affordable.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, the planning ahead thing is like it's a it saves you so much, not only time, but like money, like you say, as well. So yeah, it's definitely a a game changer. Well, I think we've covered like loads of things there, (laughs) 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 And I think we could probably carry on talking as well. (laughs) Um uh, for Caroline who doesn't do talking very well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me. I'm not much of a talker, she says. (laughs) <laughs> Kimberly would be so proud of you
0: <laughs> right well thank you very much for uh, coming on today I've had a great chat and I think we've covered a lot today in uh, food myths uh, so hopefully um, some people will be able to take away some tips and some nuggets from that um, uh, yeah and so thank you very much for joining me that's all right thank you for having me okay mm-hmm. I'll see you soon yeah take care bye, bye.